0: Good morning, thank you again for making the, the effort, uh, clearing your schedule, I'm sure you have to do very many various things in order to carve out even for a, a weekend to get away from your busy lives. I think most, most everyone is, is very busy with, uh, with, with, with jobs, with school, with family with many commitments, so in order to take some time to step away and come up to the mountains to, uh, to do this, uh, that's, that's no small thing, I know that it takes effort, time, expense, and uh, so thank you for, for doing so, and I, I do hope that you can glean some real uh, benefit from, from your time here. It really is a place which is uh, is conducive toward uh, meditation practice, right? So we, we call it the, the Beginner's Mind Session. Uh, why a Beginner's Mind? In, in one sense, it's nice. It contains beginner in the title. So, so people think, well, I haven't done that before, but it's for beginners, so I'll come, right? So if that happened, then... Uh, we we trapped you with uh, with the title beginner's mind because it's uh, that may be so, but it's also a beginner's mind for people who who have been at it for several years, five years, ten years, twenty years, fifty years. Uh, if then one uh, comes to realize that beginner's mind is not something that is ever ever absent, but that is this uh, immediate immediate experience now. I realize. It must feel perhaps if you're here for the first time, you may have a question like, "What the hell am I doing you know here <laughs> right It can seem quite uh even off putting or at least quite odd or abstract that we have these um different ways of doing things as people telling you to do things a different way and how to where to hold your hands and uh where to where to go and what to do next, you know but please take any of these. Uh, corrections and these and these forms in the spirit in which they're meant, which is to help to to contain, uh, create a container for uh, the present awareness of mind, to be able to set things up so that there is space and enough structure, but not more structure than necessary, so that each each person has the opportunity. To take a really good look at their own essence of mind. This is why all of the bells, the incense, and, uh, and most importantly, the, the meditation practice. Ultimately, meditation practice is, is every activity that we're involved in, in, the, in, in. Really in the 24-7, 365. Everything ultimately is an expression of, of meditation. But in order to really realize that and to bring that into, into appearance, to bring it into realization, then we tend to emphasize and put a lot of time into sitting meditation. Sitting meditation is, is the, the vehicle where, things, um, where the original nature of mind is most obvious. It's directly in front and it's, uh, it's directly in every direction. And because there's not movement and doing that's required. As just sitting and being, then we've really set things up most advantageously to take a, a deep look at this at this mystery of self. And again, as part of the putting together of the container, when we have a, a group of people doing that together, the the energy tends to be mutually uh, supportive. There's uh, something that takes place that's more than the some of its parts. One would hope that when you look around and you see people who might be curiously dressed, and uh, they might have been here a while, they've got the look, you know. Then, then, then hopefully they can serve then as a as a model for practice. You can just watch how they do things, and that helps too, as as a vehicle for the container of practice. But you know, every everyone here came here for. For a reason, and I, I do want to leave some, some space today to just take general questions around meditation and practice and what, what you may be here for, what, what brings you here, or what question you may have. If I can be of any help in that direction, I, I would like to be. Um, but for whatever reason we came here, I'm, I'm sure it was clear for everyone that we would be involved in the practice of, of meditation. Here it's uh, Zen meditation at Yokoji. Yokoji, this temple is uh, a Soto lineage temple, so it has a uh, lineage is quite is very important in, in Zen. You know, the handing on of the, the traditional practice from from uh, one generation to the next, uh, with being sure to. Uh, maintain the core and the integrity and the depth of the pr- of the practice. So this this place here, um, founded by Japanese teachers originally. My uh, my zumi roshi being the, the main the main factor here. There's an honorary founder as well. It in that rich time the seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, and. The, United States, where, where uh, teachers came from mostly the uh, eastern countries, Japan, China, Vietnam, Tibet, other places where, where Buddhism had flourished over the centuries, and found, found fertile ground on, on these shores at those times, right, in order to, to uh, establish practice centers and to bring this way of meditative in inquiry, to to uh, to people to an audience that were were interested to really look, you know the. So with Zen and a Soto Temple, that's a particular lineage of of Zen, which goes back to the founders of um, Dogen Zenji and Keizan Zenji, uh, Japanese teachers who. Um, Master Dogen, I brought along some of his words today, you know, so useful as talking points. He was a Japanese teacher in the 13th century, who, although he'd become accomplished in Japan as a Zen teacher, he felt it necessary to, to go further, to, to hadn't really answered his own question. And that's something that comes up over and over and over in Zen. People may receive acknowledgement of the accruedments and get the certificate, well, it's not about that, ultimately, it's about, it's, it's always, it ought to be about answering one's own question. Master Dogen went to China uh, and, and studied there in a lineage, in the Soto lineage in China, bringing that back to Japan. Fast forward 700 years, here it is in the United States. You know, in China, it would originally have been a, uh, an export from, from India, you know, we put the beginning point at the Buddha who's represented on, on the altar here, Shakyamuni Buddha, right, who was, um, everybody knows, I think, something around the the Buddha's history. Um, he was uh, a member of a, basically a, a warrior class ruling family in, in Northern India. And he had a very deep, uh, Inquiry into the nature of being human, right? And decided to answer that question and and practice very very uh, diligently and practice a lot of austerity and difficulty in order to look difficulty in order to look deeply into the human condition. The Buddha's that we take as the founder of the great exemplar of that approach, and he, you know, you you got to be pretty good at it to. Start your own religion, I guess, or something that echoes on for a couple of thousand years, you know. And, and the, the Buddha was, um, it seems, particularly a, a genius of, of the times, if you consider he was born in the ancient world, pre science, really, pre scientific inquiry, but was able to look very deeply into what it is to be a human being. That's ultimately the question and the, the practice of meditation. It's deep inquiry in what it is to be living the mystery of life. Well, well, how, what is that? And it's a direct look. It's, it's not a look. It's not a, a system that relies on a narrative or a belief system or a construction that is, that is uh, taken on. From, from from family, society, it can be that way. But that's not the revolution of the, the Buddha's inquiry of the revolution of Zen. He was particularly adept at looking into the human condition. Mapping it out. Seeing where suffering and difficulty arises from. Passing out what we can do something about and what we can't. Clearly defining those, those those facts of life and then offering uh, a teaching around how to how to go forward, with the bedrock of Buddhism being that life is inherently a human being suffers from an inherent uh, dissatisfaction. The things are dissatisfactory at their core, right? which has always been. Um, Quite a, a provocative diagnosis and a provocative statement, right? But at the core, there is uh, a, there is dissatisfaction. But the Buddha saw very clearly that all things, all things for appear, disappear. Everything, including our bodies, this one here, everything appears from nowhere, and exists for a period of time and then decays and returns to nowhere. That's 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 the fact of the matter. Right? You may disagree. That was but I think that's fair to say the Buddha's great great insight. That everything is impermanent on the level of form and so nothing can really be held onto, grasped, or relied upon ultimately. And then rather than to take on a a worldview about what that means and hope for the best at the finish line, he decided to, to I don't wish to demean that, but he, he decided, well, while we're here, let's do something about this. Let's look into human nature and see where we create our own suffering, or suffering from others, and move away from that in order to promote uh, peace and a return to wholeness and, and well-being. Now, in this lineage that you're involved in today, you know as part of the, the Zen as part of the, the Zen lineage, uh, the Buddha's insights uh, over over decades and centuries of making its way along the, the Silk Road and going into uh, many different countries, Zen began in China what we would call Zen or, or what was called Chan, which is an in, import of uh, Buddhist, an injection of the revolution of Buddhist inquiry into the already existing uh, Taoist and Confucian philosophy of the time. And, like, and I was looking this up at the original like, kind of ideogram in Chinese for, for meditation so there's two of these two ideograms. The first one is, um, it shows uh, three points of, of, of light. Right, which was taken at the time, bear with me, as uh, the the sun, the moon, and the stars right, being the source of life and the source of uh, qi at that time. Right, there was radiating down on us in every direction. Right. So this is the first character for meditation. And that's quite interesting if you think that, that in those early couple of centuries BCE, people are contemplating life and, and feeling like, well, I think the stars have got something to do with it, you know, like, like light permeating down. Of course, now with scientific inquiry, we can say quite literally we are all made of stardust and everything that appears comes from stars, right? The second ideogram, though, for meditation there is um, mean the depiction of altar, an altar. Like and they can draw like a person sitting. Right? So you can look at meditation as being and composing your body as you do now and in the Zendo. Like that altar that we place things on, you place the body as an altar and receive light. Right? It's the contemplation of being where the body is still and, and invites illumination. That's an I think uh, an interesting way to look at what meditation is. Now, of course, there's a lot that goes on in in meditation. You may find, particularly if you're new, that it's uh, not how it might be marketed in in like generally known society. Like, meditation has that connotation of being kind of blissfully contemplative, it has that kind of rosy glow. If it was that way, there'd be many more people, it would be much more popular, right? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, but you realize when you get involved in meditation that it's difficult. (laughs) It's difficult, it's difficult to sit still. It's difficult for the body. It can be painful, it's, It's. uh, you know, the knees hurt, the legs. Why are my legs falling asleep? That person looks great. I'm, I, I'm, I'm like struggling. We might have these thoughts in our head like, whoa, what did I do? Felt like such a good idea when I made that New Year's resolution to, to do a meditation retreat. And now here I am and it sucks. You know, I'm it's freezing. I nearly slipped on my ass three times walking up here and now I'm sitting here and my knees are killing me. You know so all of this might 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 be occurring while we're we're looking for a profound experience of of meditation right and that really brings us to uh, the necessary the the kind of a shift that's necessary in in practice. It's like what is it when we what is going on, how are we orient in when the bell is struck to begin. 30 minutes of sitting, what, what's going on in the, from the beginning bell to the end bell? What's going on in between? We may find for most of us, beginner or intermediary, or uh, if you want to throw those labels on, but it really comes down to what is the relationship with self-identity, with thinking mind. All of us are like thinking machines just churning them churning it out right always thinking about something usually some kind of narrative about my life and the conditions and the circumstances the relationships for the desires all of that is usually there's some kind of churn that's what it's going between or is it just is it, is it just me or, or is like can other people s- somewhat relate, relate to that right so we have that that going on Including often a commentary that's, that's being built in real time about like, how's it going so far? How's this meditation period going? What do I think of this place, these people, this time right now? And that, that, kind, that kind of commentary. Right? And that's all very natural as a, as a human being that that is going on. Ultimately, that has nothing to do with meditation. That, that is putting oneself in the posture and and trying to and that is learning to meditate and so we all of us have to go through the gate of the frustration with with recontextualizing this relationship to, to our thinking thinking mind. right now we do this in various ways in um, in this school in the Zen school. Usually we begin with, the basics of uh, you need a good posture, a reasonable posture. Otherwise, you can't sit still for long. It's, it's so distracting, it'll be very painful. So we spend some time in either learning to sit cross-legged or kneeling is more comfortable for some of us. And depending on physical limitations, the way we're uniquely arranged, maybe we, we sit in a chair. So we, we get those practicalities taken care of, a way to, to find a good posture. Then. Begin to develop concentration. Begin to develop concentration. Usually that is the development of uh, breath awareness, awareness of breathing. It's usually given as a beginning practice. So the, the concentration or awareness is aimed into the impersonal rising and falling of breathing as a way to move awareness away from being just addicted to our kind of thought stream. And one wondering about things and commentary. So then we will put it into breathing. There's a wonderful yogic quality to sitting still and breathing. And just doing that. If you master that or practice just that. You'll be well served by that practice. The Buddha who brought up at the beginning. You know he. Uh, apparently, long years after his illumination, his enlightenment, many years of teaching, was asked by um, Ananda, his attendant, said, uh, "What? What are you? The monks are asking. What you do when when you meditate?" And he said, "I sit with awareness of breathing." Right? All those years later, that 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 practice is is complete. It wasn't exhausted by the Buddha or all of the sages or all of the teachers through. History, this breath now, is, is always beginner's mind, is, is always new, is always appearing right here, disappearing right here. So spend you know, we can spend, or we perhaps ought to spend, real time in that simple, straightforward practice. We might want to rush off and try and get to the, what we think is the good stuff. You know the deeper, the deeper quest, existential questions of the things that are really driving us. But if we practice the samadhi of a contentedness of just sitting with awareness and of breathing, you find that that is a, a wonderful refuge for for mind to sit in that way. Now. For those of us who, like me, was not content to just sit there and like, follow my breath for, for hours, then we take, um, we move on to perhaps the, what is this relationship with thinking mind? We all have this center of self-identity, do we, do we not? Right? There's a sense of me, my name, my, my history and the things that define us as a human being, which all appear in relationship to other things, right? But there's that sense of perhaps that this self feels separate in a world of other, in a world of other things. And that is the popularly, um, that's for popular worldview in society, right? We're, we're, we're a group of separate people you know, <laughs> that is experience a world of separate things. The rev- again, the revolution of, of Zen or of meditation practice is to really take a deep look and see if that's true. It's to take a deep look and see if that is true. Who is this one that you are? What is the self? What is it in its essence? Who are you? in one's essence, in the, in the, in the deepness of your being, what is this and who are you? That, that is a great question that has driven people since the Buddha and before him in times immemorial through generations. People that like, don't, you know, the, the belief structures or, or the, you know, the ideas around this, that may be useful or serve or be satisfactory, but for many people, there's It's a profound mystery who I am. So in our meditation, then, you look and you find out. You take a good look at who and what this one is. The practical way to do that is to disidentify or set aside the attachment to one's own thinking. Which is much easier said than done. Hmm. That runs very deep. For, mo- for most of us. What I think about this. Now. But you can experiment with that. During this, during this time. During this time of meditation. What is, what, all that is required there. Is to watch. Look. Don't move. So we, we watch, look, don't move in a very literal form sense. Like pack the body, sit, look. We're not moving, might move a little bit. But sit, look, don't move. But that, that runs deeper than just this physical form. It's that too with the perception of mind. Sit, so to be still... Look, be in direct experience with all things, don't move. What does, what does that mean, though, you know, to say to, 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 don't, to don't move? Sit, look, don't move. We're, we're perceiving all of the time, internals and... What's perceived internally and externally? What we shape call it the world out there, the light and the snow and the cold and the heat... The sound of wind and, and of noises outside. So it's our kind of perceived externals. And then we have the perceived internals what I'm thinking, feeling, and what I'm experiencing that feels internal. So if you take on the, the practice of Zen sitting or just sitting, then you sit, a look, And that looking is an opening. It's, It's looking with more than just your eye. It's look what's here, as in open the senses up. Look with the ear, meaning listening to sound and silence with the same attention. Looking to whatever is here without bias or picking and choosing. Feeling whatever comes forward in terms of sensation, emotion without judgment and allowing everything internal and external to be just as it is without bias. Without bias. Now our bias runs, from, from, I think for all of us. our bias is entangled and tends to run deep. The conditioned way that we have, have learned to experience life and reality and our opinion, and fixed ideas around that. Most most intractably the fixed ideas around self. Who I am. Session or meditation is the vehicle in which you allow that Gordian Knot to unravel by itself. The Knot that you are to unravel. And I say that just as a human being, we have, an, we have an entanglement. That entanglement sometimes causes suffering and difficulty. So this is, this is how I bring up what meditation is in that sense. It's to sit and, consistent with that ancient ideogram from a couple of thousand years ago in China, receive the light, receive enlightenment, receive the illumination. That's this now. Prepare an altar. Prepare the body to receive. Right, the altar doesn't care what's put on it. Right, we put incense and flowers, but you could just put um, some, you know, poorly rinsed out soup cans on there or, or whatever. The altar doesn't care. Right, it's like an altar accepts anything. But with an altar, we take it as being something that is elevated or precious. We say this is an offering. An altar is an offering, and we put our best on it. Our life is that too. This is an, this is an altar. And this is an offering. What do I what am I offering? What do I put on my altar? It's so this is our this is our movement from meditation. It's hard. We practice. In kind of like the engine room of the Zendo, where it's like, okay, this isn't easy. It turns out this is difficult to be... Who would have thought being really still in body and mind is, is, is exceptionally hard for most people, right? But you practice that art to be still and allow everything to be as it is and receive everything, right? Ultimately, everything's received with a bow. Everything is welcome. And we move from a vehicle of sitting and then you move to walking. Then it's walking meditation. It's still meditation. Right? It is this realization of stillness of mind in still in stillness. And then we stand up, and it is the realization of the stillness of mind in slow walking. What is fundamentally nothing has moved nothing has changed sure the content is different but intrinsically nothing's changed we move to a faster walking and then it's allowing a faster walk to take place because as we do this the the conditioned one that we are loves to like rush in the gate and be like why doesn't he walk a bit quicker or Why don't now? I don't want to do this. Maybe I'll go out and I'll you know blow my nose or you know, and everything is coming in offering choice and judging what we're doing and our relationship to it. The practice of Zen, in terms of form and session, is you let go of the picking and choosing and you pour yourself in to whatever the activity is unreservedly. And this is why we have this like, like with the work practice. Is often not something we typically be doing. I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps um, this is how you spend your days. You like you, you, this is what you do every day. You go out into the woods and <laughs> in the snow and uh, you know hack at undergrowth. But probably probably not, right? <laughs> or working with three or four people in the in the kitchen or cleaning cleaning toilets. But it's a big part of the the training in, in Zen. It's take care of the container, you need a place to practice, work collectively for the benefit at all, but most importantly, throw away the deeply ingrained habit to individuate everything. Like, I don't want to do this, I shouldn't be doing this, I want to do that, I prefer doing this, I prefer doing that. As human beings, we're, we're always picking and choosing. The Zen approach to to practice is to just fully be immersed in whatever is bus. That's true on the cushion when sitting. And ultimately that's that's realized in every activity that we're involved in. This is deep um, use and meaning in our everyday lives. Our everyday life off the hill for, for, for you all is, um, you know, all kinds of challenges, difficulties are coming forward all of the time. You, we're all involved in things we don't want to do all the time, a lot of the time, right? Life does not cooperate with um, how we want it to go. It is outside of our control. You know, again, and as human beings, if we're always in a, you know, In a relationship with life where we're trying to manipulate life to our to our benefit or how we want it, that is turns out to be uh, a useless struggle at some point. The radical shift is to how about this life as it is, however it shows up, is welcomed in or allowed. That's easy to say in principle, but for most of us, that is a lifetime of, of, of practice. So that's why we continue with the, the schedule. It doesn't matter if people have been at it a few years, 10 years, 40 years. It, it always continues. It's all, This is always the beginning right now. There's, nothing that, there's no place of realization where you, you're done and you rest and that's it now. I don't have to try anymore. I've said quite a lot already so I'll I'll be true to my word and and, uh, I'd like to open it up for any question around what I'm bringing up or or the session in general, your own practice around meditation. Please, uh, this looks all very formal but please take it informally in terms of your voices is is valued and um, your questions are, are encouraged. So I'd like to open it up if anyone has a question or a comment.